Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 117 of the CU Insight Experience. This episode is brought to you by Q's, the leading talent development provider to the credit union industry, and I must say, also one of our very first supporters of CUinsight.com almost 13 years ago. So, after listening to this episode, head on over and check out the Q's podcast on CUmanagement.com. It's great content from thought leaders inside and outside of our community that you just don't want to miss. One of my favorites for sure. My name is Randy Smith. I am one of the co-founders of CUinsight.com and it is my job on the show to have conversations with the amazing people who make credit unions great and I get to bring them all to you. I get to pick their brains and see if we can't find a few nuggets that we can all learn from. My guest on today's show is Paris Chevalier. Paris is the president and CEO of South Bay Credit Union in California. I will say that Paris is someone that I've had a chance to get to know over the years, so I knew this was going to be a great episode, and I was so looking forward to this conversation. We, we talked about her career path to the CEO chair, the importance of mentors, family, community, and, and in that journey that has made up her career and those life lessons and hacks that she's learned along the way. We also talked about what she's excited about leading South Bay Credit Union and, and for the entire credit union movement going forward. And even some of those things that maybe we can all do better to just not only stay relevant, but to thrive in this ever-changing financial services marketplace. I had so much fun with this conversation. I, I hope you do too. And of course, we wrapped the whole thing up with the rapid fire questions and had some fun. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Paris Chevalier. Enjoy. Paris, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. I'm a longtime listener and excited to chat with you and contribute to the credit union conversation. Oh, I, I couldn't be more excited about having you on, but we have to start off with a, just a huge congratulations. You were recently named the president and CEO of South Bay Credit Union. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but Jill and Humanity were doing that search. And when I heard you were in the running, I, you were my only choice, even though I have no say in the matter. So <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, my friend. Thank you so much. It's super exciting. I'm really thrilled at the opportunity to work for such a fantastic organization. There's definitely a vibrant group of volunteers. I actually learned about South Bay Credit Union shortly after I started my journey in the industry, and I've always been really impressed with their authentic commitment to credit union values. So to have this opportunity to lead this credit union into the future is a huge honor. Uh, that is very cool and well-deserved. Let me ask you, I mean, what's it feel like? That just initial, this is, it's new, right? But maybe the better question is like, when you got the call, you got the gig. How, how did it feel? I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, you know, I think there's like part of me that it was very humbling, very exciting. And it's really, it's an honor. And I'm just thrilled to be able to work with the board and the, the team at South Bay. I'm, it's literally in my backyard and I'm just, you know, my kids are a part of the community. I'm a part of the community and to really work where we live is really exciting for me. That That is so cool. I knew there were so many different directions. We've known each other for a while so that we could go here, but I, I, Wanted to start with this, and it's kind of continuing down that line, like while it's fresh in your head. For the listener who's sitting out there, because as you said, you've listened to the show in the past and heard the the CEOs who have you know been guests and had these conversations, but that advice or hacks that you have for that person who someday wants that, not your chair, 
but a chair like yours, that CEO chair. Any advice for those folks? You know, I, I would say no matter where you begin your career in the credit union, if you want to become a CEO, you need to get the big picture perspective of the organization as a whole. So my first piece of advice would be to raise your hand and get involved in more than just your specific area of expertise. You know, I've been very fortunate to have amazing leaders give me opportunities outside the scope of my actual job description, which has helped me understand how these different departments work, how do the technologies work together, and how do credit unions on a whole, what makes them work? And absolutely, you know, I think it's essential that the role of the CEO plays in setting the tone, role modeling the trust, collaboration, accountability. There are so many things uh, from a CEO perspective, that they need to understand to achieve these shared goals. So with each new experience came new learnings that built my capabilities and fed the curiosity that drove me to want to be able to be more involved in different teams, committees, initiatives, and just in the industry as a whole. So now that's, I mean, you and I met years ago through Mac and then, you know, CUNA Marketing, it, you know, to kind of continue on where you were going there, there are We've seen a change and, you know, where it used to be everybody had like the accounting or the finance background to get to the CEO level. And we're seeing more and more marketers, more people that we were running around with at those conferences <laughs> are becoming CEOs now, just like you are. And for that marketer that's out there, speak to that tribe, basically. Um, you mentioned raising your hand, trying different things. Did your involvement on like the different boards? I mean, did that prepare you, do you think, to get where you are today? Oh, well, so I think I've been privileged to work under many progressive and visionary leaders and with that marketing background. So my leaders were like Catherine Davis, Teresa Freeborn. Those were my managers and they were very much like, get involved. You have to give back to the industry. So I think having progressive and visionary leaders who've helped break through that old school thinking about the correct path to CEO actually was inspiring versus me being like, oh, I'm just the marketer. You know, I think marketers are like natural fits to take on the leadership roles at credit unions. I think it's important that we tell our stories, we define our plans, we share why credit unions are the best choice for our members and prospective members. So I think just being natural salespeople, which definitely is a key function to being a CEO marketers, just have a solid understanding of different areas of the credit union. So I think it's actually been positive for me. But again, I came up with, behind some really strong leaders who've shown me that there is possibilities beyond just what the traditional marketing role was back in the day. Absolutely. And those are two great ones. And both have been on the show, Teresa and Catherine have. So when people are done listening to this episode, if they missed those, they should go back and listen. We'll link to them. As a former marketer, and probably always will be a marketer in that sense, you know, gotta gotta promote the other stuff yeah. too. So, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. How do you see that experience, the experience that you've accumulated over your career, helping you uh, to lead South Bay Credit Union going forward? You know, that's a great question. I think, importantly, you know, marketers are required to know who our target demographics are, who we serve, who we need to serve to grow, how we need to delight those people so that the credit union can continue to thrive and, you know, really be a contributing member of the community. So I hope my experience will help me expand the awareness of South Bay Credit Union as we currently are poised for growth, being able to tell our story more broadly to our community. I'm hopefully that will help attract and delight our target members and really keep our members that we have and make sure that we continue to grow and delight them as well. Uh, I like that you use the word delight. That's a, that just, that made me smile. So this wasn't a question that I sent you, but it was just it, it was something you said about representing, you know, the community and it's a community that you live in it, before we hit record, you know, Jill as well, obviously and uh -huh. we, there's a lot of DEI talk in our house, you know, so it, the idea of, and I know that's something I've talked with you about in the past as well. 
the idea of credit unions representing their members in their communities, is that something that will be a focus or is that something you've thought about, I guess, you know, now that you are in that the leadership role there? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. So when we look at South Bay Credit Union, as a, a member of South Bay, there's a ton of diversity in the credit union charter of who we serve. And so we don't serve people that look like one set of people or who have the same experience as another set of folks. We really serve an overwhelmingly large, diverse community. And my goal is really to make sure that our employees represent the community, the products and services we we offer the community are, you know, that e- people have the same opportunities to get financial services, no matter where they are on the spectrum. And that's really attractive about South Bay. And I think the board is really interested in making sure we are serving everybody in the South Bay, not just a select few. Uh, I love it. I absolutely do. So this is a question that I've been asking quite a bit. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's one of those like scratch my own itch questions more than anything. You know, over the past year and a half or so, we've all been putting out a lot of fires. So, it, it, but that idea of thinking strategically, I know you're a th- strategic thinker. You wouldn't be in the CEO chair today if you weren't. How do you with that limited bandwidth that we all have, how do you make sure that you're, you know, you take that time or do you have any hacks you could share to, to make sure you're not doing the immediate, only the immediate, right? But you're also thinking a year, two years, three years down the road in that foggy crystal ball of ours. Yeah. And I think for me, it's about getting my day started right. So I'm prepared to tackle both the long-term issues, but the impromptu challenges that are inevitably going to arise. When I try to get my, my, my head on straight, I go for a walk each morning. I try to get a few miles in before the kids wake up. I, you know, I listen to audiobooks. I listen to music. Sometimes I just turn it off and just am quiet. If I get up extra early, sometimes I squeeze in a swim, which is a great way for me to clear my mind and really just focus on strategic goals. I need to move in the morning. Otherwise I just, it doesn't happen. Things get in the way. Life gets in the way. And if I don't do that, then I really don't have that space. So. I really think just really carving that space out that it's my time and I'm not taking away from the family. I'm not taking away from the workplace. It really is just my really special time to to enjoy. It's so important. I'm a big believer in morning routines, right? To start that that day as well. So uh, another question, there's so many that I was just interested to ask you, but I'm a believer in that idea that we, we're kind of shaped by those we choose to surround ourselves with. Uh, you know, who does Paris surround herself with and, and how have they helped you, you know, along the way in your career? That's a great question. Uh, and there's so many answers. You know, I would have to say my family has to come first on that list, especially my husband. You know, you can't underestimate the impact that having a loving, supportive family has on my ability to be able to be my best self in all aspects of my life, including my career. And I was gone a lot. And having somebody support me for what I thought at the time was the best for me and the family has been really special. I also have a powerhouse squad of strong, funny women professionals who I've been close to since I moved back to Southern California. I think that was back in 2003. So each is impressive and successful in their own respective fields. And we lend tremendous personal and professional support and encouragement to one another. And I think, you know, similarly, there's a large constellation of credit union industry folks who I've worked with at credit unions, at those professional organizations, at MAC, at CUNA, um, cues. And I just, I'm lucky to call them friends. We keep in touch. We have a strong network of people and we like to bounce ideas and thoughts off each other. You know, sometimes we borrow policies and procedures from each (laughs) other, but you know, just having that networking has been so important and so special. I'd like to touch on something there. You, you mentioned the the group of people outside of credit unions as well. Obviously, your family, but other professionals. Are there times where kind of getting away from like that credit union group think 
we're all in credit unions because we love being in credit unions, right? But like to sometimes I've found it in the past that bouncing ideas off people who really don't know anything about credit unions can sometimes get me past a block, right? Uh, like they just take a simpler look at it maybe because they don't know all the details. So. I 100% agree. I have friends, a lot are in PR, some are in automotive, some are in media. And really, I, there are things where I think it's a big problem, like, how do I address this? And to them, they're like, it's so clear to them because they're just not in the industry that they have really good ideas and really good thoughts. And, and likewise to, you know, I'm in financial services. And while we think credit unions is a very specific thing, they're like, I don't know anything about that. And it's very easy for us to just bounce things off of each other. So I, I think really having that group that you could go to who isn't in the industry and isn't knee deep in what we're working on is really important. Absolutely. I agree. We both know, and most of us and everybody that's listening to this knows it's not that tough in credit unions to find purpose, right? You, mm -hmm. you mentioned the community and, and working with the members in your team. How do you make sure that you're staying purpose-driven? And I guess even going forward, how do you make sure that the credit union stays true to its purpose as well? I think that's what I'm most excited about. You know, For me, it's really about focusing on being present, being in the moment, I think that's another advantage that marketers have in leadership roles because we don't really have the choice to fall behind or get stuck in those old ways, right? Yep. Uh, driving yeah. forward is what really keeps us relevant to our members. In terms of specifics, I just finished the credit union development education program, which is the oh. main... May 2021, best class ever. Welcome to the, oh to the group. It, it was so good. So good. We'll link to it. If people are, have not been through it yet, you know, go to the foundation site and hit up Chad and Gigi. Yeah. And be a part of it. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that program, it really, it was really impactful. And, you know, like you said, I highly recommend it, but I think it reinforced exactly what you're talking about. It's like our purpose and why we're here, why we're in the business we're in. And it's energizing to be reminded that we do important work. And it makes me even more enthusiastic about the possibilities and opportunities I have to serve all the people of the South Bay. So I think there's a lot of important work to do. Uh, I love it. To me, I, I found personally, I've mentioned it on the show before that it, and I had been in credit unions for a while, just like you have before you went through it, but it was such a, I don't want to say reminder, but it, it kind of like tied up, like, uh, it, it almost connected dots for me in a way yes. of like, why do I love this industry so much that I couldn't necessarily explain besides the people are amazing. Everyone's so nice. Um, <laughs> totally. you know what I mean? But it was, uh, it, it really was. And since then, I, the opportunities have come from it. I've worked with, Went with Lois to, uh, you know, uh, work with DEs in Africa with through the Acosca program that they're doing there. It's just an oh, amazing wow. group. So it, it's good stuff. How do you, it, whether it's from DE or just that purpose in general, how is the your team? You have a new team at South Bay, obviously. And then the credit union and the members, how are they going to benefit from that personal kind of belief mission that you have? Well, you know, I think South Bay, they are very purpose driven. And, you know, I think the board and the team really views the purpose as one of the key differentiators. And, you know, I think that's an attractive proposition for attracting members for sure, but also attracting and keeping the team members who will deliver on that promise. I think more people these days, especially young people who are critical to our future, want to be part of something that matters and makes a positive difference in the world, in our community. And I think that's us, right? We really do have opportunity to make that change. So I'm so excited about it. I'm going to skip ahead to a question that I normally ask later, but since we're talking about your team at South Bay, if you think back to people that have worked with you in the past, is there something that, that your new team is going to hear you say so often that if I say bump into them at GAC this next year, they're going to be like, yeah, Paris always says this. They could finish your sentence. You know, I, 
That's a really good question. I think they would say, thanks for making me aware and what's the solution. So I really love empowering a team. You know, if you have a problem, I am happy to help. But I think a lot of people come with a problem, but they also know the solution. So how do I help them if they need resources for the solution or if they need dollars for the solution? But really, like, okay, you know, I appreciate we have a problem. How can I help you get to the solution? Or what is that? Because I think empowering your team is really what is important and really where you get that that loyalty and that teamwork and that camaraderie with each other. Okay, again, there's always scratch my own itch questions that come up here. Do you consider yourself or when you look back growing up where because I've seen you in leadership roles, you know, with some of the organizations that I've been around that you've been on the boards of and things of that. Have you always been a born leader or was that something that that you had to work on over your career? Many people are kind of like there's a difference between being a doer and a leader sometimes, <laughs> right? Like um <laughs> you know, there's a lot of A-type personalities who can get a lot of stuff done, but then when it comes to bringing the whole team, and you mentioned empowering people right there. So is that something you've always had? Uh, no. And I also don't <laughs> think, I really don't, you know, I think there's that myth of great leaders are born that way. It, like what I believe is I've, I've been fortunate to work with so many amazing leaders and some I report to you, some report to me, some are just peers. And I think they've put a lot of time and energy into working on their leadership skills, learning how to motivate people. You know, I'm a big believer in the platinum rule of treating people how they want to be treated, but I didn't know what that was. Uh, who knows? I don't even know when I figured that out. But I think I think having amazing leaders and also having leaders who you're like, ooh, I don't think I'd ever want to do that. Right, and yep. just making sure we treat people the right way. But no, it's something I continually work at. I know I have a lot of work to do, and but I think it's it's something that great leaders are great leaders because they really put a lot of effort into it. That's just my belief. I couldn't agree with you more. I think we see that even running around credit union land back when we were allowed to more, and hopefully we will be again <laughs> soon. But those leaders out there who have had the experiences, they're so willing to share with maybe people that are coming up because they had people that shared with them, right? You get them talking about mentors and everything. So a big picture question, is there something that you believe credit unions need to do differently or, or maybe to put it a different way, you know, better to maintain relevancy in the future? You mentioned financial services earlier as a, as a whole. There is a lot of outsiders, I guess you could yeah. say, not traditional financial services that are now part of it. A lot of change, a lot of transformation, obviously. Yeah. You know, the fact is, I, I believe that financial services space is kind of overrun with relentless or ruthless competitors who are maybe not traditionally in this, this space. But I don't think we have to be like them to succeed. You know, I'm convinced that credit unions can thrive in the future by embracing our own key differentiators, like collaboration, putting people first, building community, especially for all in with innovation. And, you know, I would say my experience is that this unique combination can generate a level of enthusiasm, engagement. Our competitors really can't match that. Given that credit unions generally can't match the salaries of those bigger banks or those fintechs, I think the key is attracting talented and passionate employees and having those board volunteers who will ensure we stay nimble, responsive, and relevant long into the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to move on a little bit to your career journey here. It, most of us didn't grow up going someday, I want to <laughs> work in credit unions, right? So two questions on this. Do you remember that moment where you were like, credit unions, I think I could make a career out of this? and on the flip side, just for a little fun, what did you want to be when you were growing up? I don't know what I wanted to be when I was growing up. When I went to college, I was a math major, which 
in hindsight was it I don't know why that was a good decision and I changed a few times and I went to I was going to St. Louis University and I needed to find a work study program so you flip through a big book because that was before the days of the internet and I found the school newspaper and I was like oh okay that sounds good and I started at the school newspaper and they started me on sales and they gave me a phone book and started said to start selling ad space. I was like, okay. But then I moved on and I got to do uh, design work. And then I got into branding and worked at a couple agencies in St. Louis and New York. And when I got the job at Connecta in 03, you know, I started working for Catherine and I was working really hard and I really liked what I was doing. And I moved up to manager and she had told me that she could see me as a vice president in five years. And to be honest, that was not anywhere in my one. I don't think anybody had believed in me like that. And two, I was like, huh. And so I think I, I hadn't really thought of credit as a career, but the more I learned about the industry, like the opportunities that were available, the purpose of driving financial equity, I really fell in love with the industry and knew I was going to make credit unions my life's work. Uh, we are glad you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> now to your current role, what was the inspiration to become the president and CEO of South Bay Credit Union? For me, there was just a perfect match between the vision and priorities of South Bay's volunteers and my vision and perspective on what a credit union can and should be in the community. And I think working collaboratively with them and with my new team, we have the opportunity to model financial success that meets the needs of the local people here, businesses, and simultaneously bringing much needed products and services that others are consistently overlooking. Yeah, I think nothing could be more inspiring than that. Uh, that's good stuff. Is there a myth? You mentioned that people are born leaders, but is there a that one that just makes your skin crawl that you think are is just dead wrong when it comes to, uh, you know, this is what a good leader is or looks like or whatever happens to me? <laughs> I think that there's a lot of uh, reliance on jargon, business jargon. And I, I'm a big reader and I do read business books, but I think you get just as much out of other books or other things that you listen to where it doesn't have to just be all business all the time. People are great leaders in a lot of different ways, and it doesn't have to always look the same way. Absolutely. Outside of credit unions, what does Paris do to recharge? You mentioned the family. What does work-life integration look like to you? Well, it's been interesting. It was a lot different pre-COVID, but (laughs) you know, I'm fortunate that our kids are 8 and 11. So I think if we were going to go through a pandemic, those ages were, were really great. They're just like funny little people. So I really love to hang out with them. Um, in a pre-COVID world, I would say travel and concerts were for sure at the top of my list. My husband and I would travel quite a bit and go see some shows. So I have some concerts lined up for the fall. So fingers crossed the shows will go on in a safe environment. Okay. I have to ask, which one are you most excited about? So the Ohana Festival is one that's curated by Eddie Vedder and... So Eddie Vedder's singing one night, Pearl Jam another, and then they just added Pearl Jam the next weekend. So we've got, oh, wow. we've got a lot. Yeah, and of course, Pearl Jam is not anywhere on my husband's uh, favorite list, but he is very sweet and will attend with me. <laughs> is that the one that's in Hawaii? No, it's in Dana no. Point. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have a song that is on like one of my playlists, I guess, it, but it's uh, Eddie Vedder and Jack Johnson. Yeah. It must be at Jack Johnson. Okay, so I was getting my, my things crossed. So you mentioned your husband. If I remember correctly, he also works in credit unions. He does. So this is probably just that personal question that uh, there's only a handful of us who are like, yeah, how do you do it, Paris? How do you turn off credit unions at home when you both can talk about it all the time? Joe and I <laughs> have to be intentional to do that as well. So. Well, we worked at two separate credit unions together for about 15 years. 
And it was really difficult to shut off credit union conversations. And we had little kids at the time. But I think after working at separate shops, it's nice to pick each other's brains from time to time. You know, I think it's wonderful to have the freedom to do that, especially since collaboration is such a fundamental tenet of credit unions. So we're committed to supporting one another and our mutual credit unions. And we're deeply committed to doing our part for the success of the industry. And then how do you turn it off? You got to have other interests, right? Can't always just be credit unions. I think if you work together for 15 years and then you don't, it's like an instant switch. It's been, ah, <laughs> it went from a very high level and now it's more, it's, it's like, what do you think of this versus, hey, where's that flyer? Or you owe me X, Y, Z. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I get it. So it wouldn't be the podcast without some rapid fire questions. So the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So okay. you're ready. <laughs> yes. Is there something that you said no to that looking back, sure glad you did? Yeah. So when I accepted the Connected job, I had another offer that was much closer to home. Connected was not close at all. And I just really liked the team and I liked what they were doing. And I said no to the other job. And I'm sure glad I did because not only did I get a career, I also got a husband and a family out of it. Ah, that's beautiful. I'm sure that your husband and family are glad you said no <laughs> to that too. So has there been a recent purchase that you've made that you, you didn't know you needed, but now you just don't know how you'd live without it? So are we talking like a COVID purchase? It could be. I mean, that seems to, it seems like everybody got Pelotons and puppies, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, we early in the pandemic, oh my gosh, my kids would ask 24 seven for a dog. So early on, we got a puppy who they spent a lot of time with for about a month and it is now my official dog. And so I'm a sucker, but I really love her. Is that your walking buddy now? It is my walking buddy. She doesn't like to go as far as I do, but she's totally my walking buddy. And we know all the dogs in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then we got a trampoline and we just got out the trampoline for my daughter's birthday last month. And now I'm kicking myself. We should have done that last year because it's, they are out there all the time. They get nice and sweaty and it wears them out. So uh, a bunch of activity. the other day I was like, why is the dog in the trampoline? And it was just surreal because we didn't think we'd have a dog or a trampoline and now we have both now you have both and glad you do uh, so what was paris like in high school and did you get in any memorable trouble that you're willing to share uh, not memorable trouble i went to high school in a small town so we did harmless pranks like fork neighbors yards the night we knew they're just gonna freeze or toilet paper their houses soap their cars with ivory uh soaps maybe college might be where some memorable <laughs> trouble might have slipped in but i'll i'll plead the fifth for for now where'd you grow up so I grew up in Southern California, and then when I was in high school, we moved to a very small town in Missouri, so now we're oh, okay. south of St. Louis. I gotcha. So you mentioned uh, audiobooks and podcasts and reading. What are you reading currently, and is there a book that you think everybody should read? Maybe a book you've gifted others? Yeah, so I just finished a book called Educated. I don't know if you've read that. I have not. You're adding to my list. It was it was intense. So I just finished. I'm like, I think I need something light now. <laughs> but the, the book I think everyone should read is A Man Called Uva. It's like a Swedish book. And I just love the book. And I think this summer, I must have given it at least 10 copies away. It's about a curmudgeonly old man who's so grumpy about everything. And as the story unfolds, he really hasn't had an easy life. And I was thinking about when we have members come in and they're grumpy about simple things there's so much more behind their story and like how could we as a financial institution lessen their burden and really make their day because there's a lot that happens that we just don't know about. So that's my my current go-to that I give to anybody who'll listen. Oh, you, you just added two books to my Amazon cart. So awesome. Thank you. The random question. What's the greatest album of all time? That one you can uh, 
listened to from front to back without skipping a song? Well, I'm not going to say it's the greatest album of all time, but I feel like I gave it away a little earlier. I would say 10 by Pearl Jam. If if I'm stressed or I just need to detox, I just put it on start to finish and it really is the best. Although my husband says he sounds like Hootie and the Bluefish, which is just wrong. That's just funny. Well, (laughs) that is funny. Who's your husband's favorite then? For right now, I'd probably say either Anderson Pack or Uh, Jay-Z. He might disagree. He'd probably have something much more (laughs) inventive than that, but... you, we, we must be around the same age I, just because of the music and stuff. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I will say that. There, there's a question that I don't send people in advance. Who's the first person that comes to mind when you hear the word success? Ooh, you know, I, I'd have to say my mom. My mom didn't finish high school. She had my brother and I when she was quite young. Uh, she was a hairdresser. I remember she got a job with me. She put me on her her hip at two years old and walked into a beauty salon and got a job. But then we moved to Missouri and she opened up her own beauty shop and had it for, I think, 20 plus years. So she had her own little small business in the middle of town. And really, she only sold it because we, my brother and I started having kids and she moved out here with us. But, you know, I, I don't think she had a lot of faith in what she could do. And the fact that she started her own business and is financially sound, it's just, you know, I think that's really uh, that is beautiful. I love when mom gets the shout out there. That's a good one. Let me ask you this. You said she didn't finish high school. Was that a priority for her for you and your brother growing up, though? Oh, yes. Education? So it, yep. College was not an option. Like we had to go to college. And, you know, and I think for us, a lot of people grow up and their parents are like, you have to get married. You have to have kids. And she said, go travel the world, get your education. And so my brother and I, we both got married much later in life and had kids much later than, than most. And and you know we're grateful for that because we had a lot of experiences that that she didn't get to have when she was younger. Well, well done, mom. Well done. I, I, and I agree with her. Go see the world, Paris. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. I was I was so excited that y- you said yes, and I'm so excited for the opportunity you have in front of you. The last question that I have for you is: Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners, or or an ask of them? You know, it's interesting. Like preparing for the conversation. One, thanks for having me because this has been super fun, and I've I've definitely listened for a while. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. But I've had a lot of people really help me get to where I am. I've had mentors, leaders, friends, colleagues, and I really appreciate every single one. So my goal is to pay it forward. So we're fortunate enough to work in an industry that collaborates, shares ideas, thoughts, policies, like I mentioned before. So the more we could do for each other, the more we could do for our members and communities. So just always pay it forward. And I think that a lot of people have done that for me, and I'm eternally grateful. So th- then the question is, what's your poison? If somebody wants to reach out to you, email, Twitter, LinkedIn? Well, I don't know my new email address at the moment, <laughs> but you can either uh, email me at parischevalier at gmail.com or LinkedIn is great. Awesome. Well, we will link to that as well. Paris, thank you again. I am so excited for you. I, I, I wish you nothing but success and uh, I can't wait to see you again. Be well, my friend. You also. Thanks so much for having me. I love uh, what you're doing. Before we go, I would just like to take a moment to thank all of you for listening today and allowing me to have this much fun doing what I do. Again, a big thank you to Paris for taking the time out of her busy schedule to be on the show and share her lessons learned over her career with all of us. And then a a huge thank you to our sponsors at Q's. As I mentioned to start the show, make sure to subscribe to their podcast over on cumanagement.com. It is one of my favorites and one that I do not miss. 
A couple more things before I let you go. Don't forget to subscribe to our show, this show that you're listening to right now, the CU Insight Experience on your favorite podcast player, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it, we're there. And check out the CU Insight Experience podcast book list. You can you can find your next read there. It, uh, Paris added a couple to, to my reading list uh, on this show, so she may have to you as well. You can find the links there as well. Thank you all again for listening. Have a great day and be well, friends.